Ings is the man of Southampton stun the Gunners. It's the FPL Surgery Podcast. Welcome back, one and all. Oh, can I start again? <laughs> Welcome back, one and all. It's episode 114 of the FPL Surgery Podcast, coming to you on the 17th of December 2018. It is just a week from Christmas. Welcoming back, the Iceman himself. Oh, I'm so excited about Christmas. Are you excited, Bully? Lovely, nice, cheap time of year. Yeah, you sound you sound excited. Ecstatic. <laughs> with the FPL fixtures mainly, we've got a, a great guest with us this week. We weren't sure if this would ever happen, but thankfully, due to them meeting and making friends in London at a recent FPL meet, the Iceman has sourced a two-time top 1k finisher co-host of award-winning podcast and the highest fpl finish being 81st it is ash kernsworth from the gaffer tapes he will require no introduction to all of you and i've just given one welcome ash great to have you on hi board. guys welcome ash. yeah thanks thanks for having me it's really yeah, cool thanks for coming you were forced <laughs> a gunpoint yeah that's really nice to come it's really nice to be on it well, you inspired us so given the opportunity when i met you i was like well you've got to come on ash it's gonna be great it's weird because obviously you listened to our podcast, I think, before you started this. Yeah. So I've known who you are mm-hmm. for ages, like before you started doing, so probably before, well, before any of the people that listened to the podcast knew who you were. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was even messaging in with questions and things, remember that? That's Back right, the yeah. Day. They were the days, weren't they? That's when I yeah. didn't have to do all this work to, to make this podcast. <laughs> yeah, the Iceman was a proper fanboy back in the day, so yeah, great to I have still you am. on board, I still Ash. am. Um, nice. I always get um, told off by Tom for not publicising the podcast. I don't really like self-promotion, so I'm going to try and stealthily slip things in or else I get told off. <laughs> gaffer tapes, gaffer tapes. Yeah. Yeah, when we ask you a question, you can uh, you can sneakily say, well, we'll answer that on our podcast set. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I oh, yeah, that question good reminds me of the last. time we won an award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You might choose to listen to a more award-winning podcast in this particular one. So yeah, I can see the way this is going to go. Excellent. Ash, um, other than the, the comedy that you bring uh, to the podcast, can you tell the listeners a bit about your, I suppose, your passion for FPL and what, what led to the start and the origins of the Gaffer Tapes and just a bit about your history in FPL? Yeah, so I, what happened was I've worked somewhere and I've always like, you know, been a West Ham fan my whole life, always loved football. Yeah, and then... Yeah, <laughs> hard times. Um, and I started somewhere, and the people there, you know, would talk about football, and then everything they said, I was like, guys, you're just like completely wrong. You don't get it. And they're giving me shit all the time because my theories were different to theirs. And they all played FPL, so I said, oh, I'll, I'll play. And I joined the last few weeks of the season, and then started the year after. And they were doing some mental thing where you, you get a pound for every point you finish ahead of the guy below. Oh wow. Yeah, and I was like. Oh, this could get a bit savage. I'm not, you know, that could be. There's 50 people in the league, and you have to pay everybody. I was like, I could owe my boss three grand, so I didn't do it. And that was the year I finished 81st. Oh, it was. It would have wow. been like that. It was like 50 grand or something over everybody in the league. Wow. Yeah, but so that was nice to like prove that I did know what I was talking about. So I tend to play the game more from a bit like stats and stuff, but more like from watching the games and getting a feel for it and talking about it with other people. And then um. Tom, who co-hosts the podcast with me, um, I met him in Windsor. He's a comedian. And then 
Craig works on TV, he's doing, I'm, I'm a celeb at the minute. And just so we got together and just like, same as you guys, really, just like a mutual love of FBL. It's just like n- nice meeting other people that do it, isn't it? Yeah, like, definitely. Having a beer, that kind of thing. Yeah, very much so. That's cool. So it's kind of, because um, you've, been, you've been going for a good few years now, haven't you? I think five seasons, I suppose. Probably maybe just one more than you, I guess. It must have been the season. Like, did you start the season after we started? Yeah, I think we started the season after you. Yeah, so yeah, you must yeah. be on five. We're on four. Yeah, I did, um, so one of the really early seasons, I obviously finished 81st and then have been up and down a couple of like top 25,000 finishes, like nothing too good. But then last year I got, I think I was 800 or something overall. Yeah, so I was glad to get back in the top thousand wow. again. So that's really good consistency. So very keen to learn from your words of wisdom on this podcast, along with the Iceman, of course. Mm-hmm. So, um, chaps, the this is going to be a, a headlines and questions podcast. The headlines we're going to be answering are the ings and outs. Is there a Southampton bandwagon? Differentials aren't a thing. STFU. Uh, three, <laughs> Lucas, Lucas Fabianski is the best player in the league. Who should your second keeper be? Number four is Sane, the Sterling option. And five, Ash is on, so let's talk West Ham. Ash, I, I presume these were all your creative ideas. <laughs> some of them, yeah, may have been influenced by me. I got Some of them yeah, got removed. That... Some of my suggestions got uh, edited out of the list, unfortunately. <laughs> these are the ones that, made, that survived the cut. Interesting. There's a certain whimsical flow about some of these, which I don't think the Iceman necessarily would have come up with. Not that he hasn't got the ability, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> People of... What, is it Icelandia? Icemandia, yeah, Jesus Christ. Don't get it started. Don't get bully started. The people (laughs) of Icemandia have spoken. No, so these are our our questions for the game week. Let's see what we've got to say about those. First of all, let's talk a bit about how we got on. Iceman, if you uh, lead us off here, how was your game week? Well, I held this week, so I've got two free transfers this week. And I held on to Lacazette, even though I thought he might start on the bench. Um, I captained Kane, so I've got that lucky assist right at the end. So I've not failed in a captaincy all season still. Uh, it was the Fabianski versus Patricio battle, which I had. So I started Patricio thinking Wolves will do better against Bournemouth. Turns out Fabianski was the better option with nine. So yeah, finished on 53. I am eight. 8,703 at the moment. So, yeah, not too bad game week, but not brilliant. Okay, and how about you, Ash? Just the uh, the main highlights from your game week? Yeah, finished on 53 points as well, actually. Doing really bad at the minute. I'm top 100,000 just, but I've invested quite heavily in three Bournemouth players at some point, and like, it's not working out. Steve Cook, I don't know what's happened to him. He hasn't got a point in about four yeah, months. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare. So I need to reorganise my defence pretty sharpish. Oh, and I've got alexander arnold as well so together it's a pretty toxic combo yeah bournemouth slightly off the uh, the boil at the moment i noticed that in the liverpool game for sure i did a little bit worse than you ash i got 50 points i decided to go for kane with the captain pole should have gone with hazard i actually went with obamiang up front i thought he'd net for arsenal he didn't and Ericsson is my differential midfielder, and obviously he came on and luckily got that goal. But the story for me was on my bench, uh, where I have Patricio and Bennett of Wolves with clean sheets, and I've got the wonderful Danny Ings sat there with 13 points laughing at me. So oh. uh, absolutely delighted with that one. But uh, that that's kind of sealed the decision to keep him for the coming game weeks. I think uh, he looks a de- the, the decent low-price option along with Jimenez at the moment. Yeah, lovely movement off the ball against Arsenal as well. Great performance. So before we move on to discussing the questions for this week, uh, we've got a couple of new supporters to the podcast. If you'd like to get involved with the FPL surgery and support us, 
get involved with our popular and growing Slack channel and opportunity to win prizes. We've got one new Patreon this week, Nathan Wilkins, or Nat the Gooner, as they're known on Slack. Uh, he asked if his daughter could join Slack too, so we now have our first female in the Slack channel Great. after much deliberating. Thank you, Nathan, for the support. Welcome uh, to you and Poppy to the Slack channel. Apparently, we are doing family deals if you support us on Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Fun for all the family. We asked Nathan how he was finding the Slack channel, and he said, We used to Discord for Pokemon Go, don't laugh. And uh, Slack is just a, re- uh, a reskinned Discord, so it's very familiar. We found with the Discord channel that if you add to many subsections, it becomes messy and breaks up the conversations. You've got it just right. Content is spot on, and I think that's down to the members being a really friendly bunch. I was happy to add Poppy after seeing what was being posted. So we are a family-friendly podcast. We are. We are very family-friendly. We are absolutely. So thank you for your support. So, the first headline we're going to be covering this week as a questions pod, the ins and outs. Is there a Southampton bandwagon? Nice man, do you want to kick us off? Well, yeah, it is the thoughts on ings at the moment. And firstly, I just want to, well, I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Ash, what, what do you think about ings at the moment? Do you think that people should be bringing them in? Is it someone who you would downgrade someone to? What's your thoughts? It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's difficult because I guess you've got people like Chikorito is in the same space. And unless yeah. I've seen some people go super midfield heavy, you know, salad, sa- salad, 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 hazards, <laughs> salad, um, salads together. But then if you're going Kane or Aguero, maybe now I guess people might pick up Jesus. Then you're always looking for the cheap strikes to go with them. So it's who it's like a pick of a bad bunch, really, isn't it? Yeah. Now, yeah. I guess a lot of people got Wilson, who hasn't played much in the last couple of games. That's so really looking at them in the context of the other players around them. Yeah, because I don't true. know if you saw yeah. the the game against Arsenal, but they looked a lot more attacking, didn't they, than they had been previously? They did look better. Yeah, I did watch it. Got the th- the three shots on goal Ings in that game, and two of them were headers. And I do kind yeah. of think that Saint. I mean, Saints looked o- okay. I didn't. I feel like people were really giving them a lot of credit. I feel like they should be uh, really you know, killing Arsenal's defence because we had an absolute shocker because we had the three centre backs missing in terms of holding Mustafi and Socrates, and we had to have Koscielny come in there with. Uh, Lichsteiner, so Koscielny really not up to pace at the moment, really didn't look sharp. It was just allowing Ings these chances, so um, I mean, uh, Southampton did get the crosses in, so yeah, credit to them for that, but I just think, if there was a better defence in front of Saints, I just don't think that they would have had those chances, maybe? No, I heard some people were saying before the game, that because Arsenal had so many injuries, that maybe they would lose. I was yeah. quite surprised, you know, when it happened, how much it affected them. Yeah. How many players? They were like five defenders out. It's like crazy. Yeah, yeah. We had four of our back five completely out, and then Bellerin went off at half time. So it just does show. I mean, I still think Ings can be an option. I mean, he's had twelve appearances so far this season. He's had with twenty eight shots, with, which is the same as Aubameyang in, in the last four as well. So it is showing he's for that cheap price can be good but I feel like it would be a gamble because of his fitness his starting place is still not completely assured with the new manager they've, he's got Long and Austin that can play some games and they've got all these games coming up as well and after Huddersfield who are pretty solid at home they've then got your West Ham then some really tough fixtures after that and yeah. as I mentioned he is quite injury prone as well so I feel like it could be a gamble if you're going to just bring him in just based on that one performance 
Yeah, I guess the difficulty you've got is, I was going to say, maybe just bring him in now. Or like I was going to say, I guess you'd want to leave it a couple of weeks, because what difference does it make? If he turns good, then bring him in. But actually then, if he does well against Huddersfield and West Ham, which is probable, then you're not going to want to play him really against Man City or Chelsea, so you've lost out. It's not too bad to bring him in. And his last three games that he's actually played, he's got 6, 6 and 13 points. Yeah, so, so he's, he's he done plays, well. Yeah, he's in form for the games that he actually gets to. <laughs> That's whether he gets assume, to him or not, I suppose, is the, is the concern. Yeah. Well, I assume he's going to survive the next two games against Huddersfield and West Ham. If you've got somebody, you know, maybe injured or really out of form or somebody with a really tough game, like maybe could take a risk and drop Wilson for him. They probably must be similar prices. Yeah, then then you've got yeah. that thinking of Wilson whether or not um he's been out of the games a, a couple couple now. That's why Bournemouth kind of haven't been performing as well. But now that yeah. he's back, he's he's gonna get ninety minutes now. His last ninety minutes he scored and assisted, so he could score well for, for Bournemouth coming up. I mean, who have they got? Brighton at home. That's a plum fixture there. I'll probably hold on to Wilson for this week and maybe think about it for next week. But then, by then, Southampton have got West Ham. And so they've, yeah. they've got that Huddersfield game, which they're missing. If if I have Wilson, I'll probably just hold on and just hope for the best. Or if you've not got the likes of uh, him and there's probably go him. Yeah, I wonder about Mitrovic as well. Like, if you've got if Fulham, Fulham got coming up. Oh, Newcastle Wolves, Huddersfield, it's not too bad. Yeah, there's, there's loads of these sort of mid-priced to low strikers that yeah. I wouldn't be like if you've got Murray. The difference you might as well just bin him up and get um, <laughs> Ings, haven't you? Yeah, I don't like Murray. I mean, we had a question from uh, Prishant Tawaris, but what to do with Mitro? Uh, Fulham look awful despite good fixtures, potential replacements. He can't go Rondon because the fixtures turn soon. So he was looking yeah. at Ings as well or someone else. But I'd, like you say, I think Mitro. <laughs> there, there are problems at Fulham because. They just can't defend. But they got 18 attempts against West Ham. West Ham only got six. Um, oh, they yeah, I mean, they were all over us. Yeah. But Mitro could have scored in that game. So he's kind of a hopeful one. And I yeah. kind of looked at his stats over the season as well, Mitrovic. And they are still quite hopeful. He got the most shots in the West Ham game. He's top for shots in the box, equal to Aguero on 42 for the season. So that's equal to Aguero. So it just shows that he is and about. So there is goals coming for him, I feel, especially with these fixtures coming up. And he's second to Salah for shots on goal for the season on 59. So I wouldn't necessarily move away. And I would, I would see Mitra as probably a better option than Ings. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely... The thing you've got, at least Fulham have looked attacking all season. So like, they might be doing terrible because their defence, they don't have one, basically. Yeah. But at least you know they create chances and they look good if you watch them. You know, they're always going for it, aren't they? Yeah. Whereas Southampton only have done that in the last game. Yeah, exactly. Who's your front three at the minute? My front three, uh, Jimenez, Kane and Lacazette. Oh, so you've gone double up front. Yeah, I have. I'm not liking it at the moment, probably due to the Lacazette rotation, but he could come good. So I'm kind of in hope for these next few games in terms of we've got some good fixtures in Burnley and Brighton next. So I'm kind of keeping for that. He can get points off the bench, which showed in the last game. So I can potentially, a lot of people are moving from the likes of Lacazette or, you know, someone high priced like that down to an Ings or Mitrovic. Who have you, who have you got then? I've got Chikorito, Kane and Wilson. Okay. Um, so I've gone Chikorita as sort of the same, like a temporary, just, you know, get them whilst they're in form and they've got a run of easy fixtures and then yeah. transfer them out later. If you're playing, when you've got three strikers, I wouldn't really, I'd rarely play all three of them at the same time. So you can afford to swap them around a little bit. And oh. your fifth midfielder is, doesn't it really? So who do you, who do you bench out of those three then? Uh, depend- well, I might play them all actually and probably 
because my fifth midfielder is um, Dean Garner from West Ham. Oh, right. right. So You've gone full West Ham. Play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't normally go West Ham. I normally don't get West Ham players. So mm-hmm. I'm normally down on our luck, you know, on our chances. But I think, I guess it comes down to as well, like how many... Because you say you've got two free transfers this week. I do, yeah. But I've I've got to sort out some problems in my team. I've got Bellerin, who's injured, and I've still got Murphy. And I do want the likes of Snodgrass. <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's the point I was going to make, really, is that you could get Ings in. But it's a bit of a luxury transfer, I would say. Like, your team has got to be doing pretty well if you're thinking of switching someone like Wilson or Mitrovic for Ings, because it's much of a muchness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless, right at the start of the season, you brought some absolute duff clanger who's not played at all then maybe now's the time to like bid him off and swap him out yeah yeah i agree with that yeah bully what's your thoughts on things yeah so um i I, in terms of the eye test i thought he did really well obviously he was sat on my bench and i was uh, willing him not to score but he did you've made some great points on him already but i just love his movement off the ball for the second goal i I actually picked up and tracked his run to the point of him scoring so if you you've got a bit of magical thinking and you believe in that kind of stuff i apologize that was my fault but no i just love the way that he gets into the box gets on the end of crosses natural finisher in that six yard box i think if saints are going to stay up it's all going to be down to him, and it looks like that manager might get the best out of him. So I think he's a real contender for that cheap third option up front if you're not a huge fan of Jimenez. Yeah, so I'm going to be sticking with him for now until he breaks down again. Yeah, you may as well stick with him. There's no point in removing him, is there? Yeah, so there's another question we've had from Lone Wolf, which uh, their handle I'm not going to even bother trying to pronounce. They got in Cedric a couple of weeks ago, uh, new manager effect, but he's been uh, injured ever since. Do we give Southampton some credit after today's performance, or do we still stay clear? What do you think defensively going forward? Huddersfield and West Ham next. Ash, do you want to answer that one? Uh, I mean, I would have never thought in a million years about going in for the Southampton defence. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, just looking now, I have a look to see what the um, stats are, but I mean, that's not something I would have thought about. They're classic. Um, they have been in previous years, like Target and... Cedric were always good picks, weren't they? And Yoshida, I don't mind. That's when they I were mean, solid, nowadays. though, wasn't it? Not. Yeah, not absolutely dog shit. I mean, since since November, they're terrible for XG. They're seventh worst at the moment. Oh, I don't know. Matt Target's got a big 13 points this season. <laughs> get him in. Get, get him in. Yeah, I've got to say, I was watching the Saints defence and asking myself that question at the weekend. Because in years past, they've been absolutely golden. You've had the likes of Stevens, Van Dyke, to a point we had Fonte in there for a while. They were just a really nicely, we had Lovren for a while, really well marshaled back four. But I know they've beaten Arsenal at the weekend, but even then, they're just all over the place. Vestergaard, it's fairly solid, but again, doesn't particularly complement Yoshida well. Neither of them are that quick. So I would still steer clear, even with the new manager. I think the only players I'd be looking at would be Ings and Hoiberg from them. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you've got Cedric out, Bertrand's out. Also, they've got Stevens out. That's three of their main defenders out. And uh, their fixtures aren't great, like I've just mentioned. I mean, like, Ings is worth hanging on to for the next two or so. But after that, it's Man City, Chelsea, Leicester, Everton. They're all pretty tough fixtures. Maybe after that, you could have a, a little poke with Palace, Burnley, Cardiff. But yeah, not not at the moment. Maybe see how they go. Maybe they'll show something different under the new manager. I guess if you're going really rogue and you just don't care about your fifth defender and you want someone that theoretically could play, you could go Bednarak. 
Yeah, 3.9, isn't he? So it's cheap. Yeah, it's chips. He is it's basically as cheap as they come for someone who's now, I presume, going to play every game until they get some of their injuries sorted. So if you're wildcarding, maybe, like last-ditch wildcard, or you've got two free transfers and you want to make some money for a big money midfielder. Yeah, w- would you consider him as a differential? Oh, we'll get onto that in a minute. <laughs> he was a... Uh, He's not even that low pitch. He's 3.9. He is, isn't he? He's yeah, the second highest pick player. Lads, I'm desperate to get onto the second question, having <laughs> just said that. <laughs> Let's do that. Best best uh, FPL suggested headline by a guest ever. Differentials aren't a thing. Shut the F you. We're a family <laughs> podcast. I, 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 we're a family podcast. I'm not going to swear. But Ash, you've, you've stolen John Cena's finishing move as a title. So talk to us about the theory here. Well, I'd rather, let's go for this. What? Why do you go? Everyone says it. I think it's like one of these things where somebody says something and then on the face of it, it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> but then when you think it through, it's just absolute nonsense. Okay, <laughs> like, well, what is your, why? Why do you think differentials are good? Well, nice man. Why would you go for it? Why why would you have a differential as opposed to going for a common player which everyone else has got? I understand why you would go for all these common players in terms of Alonso, Robertson, Salah, etc. They're all good players to have and it it will really hurt your rank if you don't have these types of players. But there's no harm in going for a little differential here and there to just make a difference. Which Those are the ones which make a difference in your rank. If you're just saying the word differential, what it's is the? It's a great point? word. I mean, you must think it's great. Do you not like it? What you must have a theory. You must think. I know what your theory is behind it. You have to say it. Like it, it's like because they're low percentage picked. I guess the theory is because they're a low percent pick. If other people start buying them, their price will go up, and other people in your league won't have them, so you'll get the points that they won't get. Right? Yeah. Is there some? Is there something else? No. I mean, maybe it's I, my. I, I think that's it. I think that's almost it. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. At Why? All. Why doesn't that make sense? Lovren, two point one percent owned. He is a differential at the moment. Yeah, but why do you want the differential? Is the thing because if you go for a player, first of all, the low percentage pick thing. I used to believe in. I was like, if a player's not point one percent picked, he's better than somebody that's five percent picked. But actually, it doesn't work because the reason players are low percentage picked quite often is people don't know who they are. So take Wambasaka. Obviously, like the dream pick at the start of the season. So I went for him, and he's perfect because he's really good, and he's one of the best players. But if you picked him up as a differential pick against somebody else that you thought would get similar points, it doesn't make sense because no one knows who he is, apart from the guys who are mega into it. So maybe the 50,000 best players or whatever, the top 100,000 will get him in straight away. Other people won't. His price will never go anywhere. Whereas if you get someone that's got a name already that people know who they are, they're more likely to jump on the bandwagon because it's not some random player. It depends how they're performing though, doesn't it? I mean, if you're looking at the likes of... Let's have a look at maybe one of the forwards who's quite lowly owned. Uh, Rondon's 3.4% owned. He's got some good stats at the moment. Uh, They've got some bad fixtures coming up, so maybe not him as the best example. But if they had some good fixtures and he started scoring more and more, people will start bringing him in. And then you've had that differential before anyone else. So you've made that those few points above anyone else before they bring him in. Yeah, but he's not a differential pick, really, is he? Because he's quite famous. It's more like the sort of economics of it. I don't think the I don't think the differential is mainly based on people not knowing who the player is. I think it's uh, literally the how many they're selected by. Yeah, that's what I mean. 
it's a bit if you people take this look at the statistics too much so they think oh this guy like really low percentage pick and his stats are good well that's all right but if you're if everybody else doesn't know it, it doesn't really help you and if you think basically it comes down to if you think two players are the same but one's a lower percentage pick you should go for him i don't really think that's true and also the other thing where if you try and be too clever you know that football commentators are always like oh he was too cute or whatever yeah um where you try and pick instead of i see people do it all the time like salah is playing like the dream fixture and they're like oh everyone's gonna captain salah i did it this season christ i captained mendy i, I like it got oh. the same thing oh, i'm gonna everyone's gonna captain salah i'll pick mendy like mendy got eight points so salah got like something crazy it's like it was so stupid because i knew salah was the better player so just go for what's the best like forget the differential it's just nonsense yeah okay well then i agree with you there in terms of just go for what's the best but sometimes those differential players in terms of low ownership can be the best or you might see them as the best, the best. yeah that's that's fine that but that's not going for the differential yeah it is. that's just going for the best player no it's not you <laughs> just picked a player that's better that's low you're talking about a differential is where you're picking against like somebody else um, against another choice like, just picking someone who's good, who's low percentage picked, is obviously good. That's a differential choice. Where... <laughs> that's no, what... that's just a choice. Yeah, but that's what people... De... Be against something, that's what it? people define differential as, though. Yeah, but they're... It's Your definition is, is totally different from everyone else's. No, because you have to... <laughs> it, differential implies that you're picking against something else. You're picking against the curve, right? Curren- currently, yeah, it would be. So, even Ings now is still a differential type pick. But everyone's going to go for him because he, he's low percentage owned. Yeah, I still don't think it's <laughs> we, the We've got nowhere with this conversation, but it was a well, great the, conversation. The other, <laughs> that's your, your theory from from an advice point of view. Because I'm thinking of this: people that would pick differentials would be people in my position who are lower down um, yeah. and trying to do something. Right, so you could be seduced into picking a differential with the hope that that's going to boost you up the rankings. But it sounds like what you're saying is. Just pick safe, let everybody else make the mistakes, and long term you'll profit more than you will from getting a, a one or two week wonder of a differential that actually doesn't have any staying power. Yeah, let's just imagine I was as eloquent as you and I'd said that. That's exactly <laughs> what I meant. Um, <laughs> nice. Summary of like, discussion. <laughs> yeah, like if you went, I guess if you were gambling and people were going red and black on roulette and then you were like, oh, no, I'm going to put loads of money on green or whatever zero zero is. <laughs> Because like, oh, if it comes up, you're going to get loads of money. Yeah, but you're probably just not. So I guess it's more like hedging your bets sort of thing. Yeah, I think I'm in terms of I tend to use both over the course of the season because I generally think going with the consistent big hitters is important. But I am further down. So at some point I am going to have to do something different to catch up. So at the moment, one of my midfielders is Ericsson. So I, I see him as a bit of a differential to people who are going more pro City and uh, and Liverpool. But having said that, he's out. He's being outscored by all of them. So that's uh, that's not really helping me. <laughs> Although he did, didn't he score the last game? He he did. Yeah, he's um yeah he didn't play in the one before that very much. But so I think I, over the course of the season, I will go with a couple of differentials. But I think certainly if you've got the big hitters in consistently, you'll probably end up higher. Yeah, it's not, if you pick someone who's low percentage, that's cool. It's not really against that. It's like more you were saying, just don't pick someone because they're a differential, is what I would say. Nobody likes a smart ass. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I think we've clearly resolved that that question. Clearly, yeah. I'd invite. Yeah. Uh, actually, it'd be really interesting to see what people are saying in the Slack channel and also on Twitter. Give us your views on that, listeners. Are differentials a thing or not? Let's and you're just going to get loads of hate. Like, <laughs> who is this idiot? What the hell are we talking about? Of course, don't, they're brilliant. Don't call me an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's go on to someone that's more nailed. We've got Lucas Flappy Hansky. Is the best player in the league? Who should your second keeper be? And uh, we've got a question on this. Uh, Kvig FPL has asked: Is Allison the best replacement for Patricio? Is Patricio to Fabianski a sideway move? Two point one in the bank. So, Iceman, do you want to answer that? I can tell you that Leno is definitely not an option because a lot of people have been looking at the Arsenal uh, goalkeeper, but no, I definitely don't think he's anywhere near. Leno, Leno's the second, well, the third goal we conceded against Austin. For, for FIFA players out there, will know this. Uh, when you lob the keeper and from an impossibly like short angle, and it still goes over them, Leno seemed to lose a foot in in height. <laughs> came for that cross. It's like he sh- like he jumped but became shorter. Yeah, I know. It was ridiculous. Okay. I don't, uh, Unbelievable. Totally out of there. I was in bloody nightmare. You've loved Allison all season, haven't you? And yeah, I would say. And I still, I'm, gonna leave, I'm leaving him, and it's just yeah, solid. With this Liverpool defence, they are the best in the league. They've conceded the least amount, so I'd still say that he's probably the best way to go. I mean, like, do you not think you could do more with that two point one in the bank elsewhere? Going too high on the uh, goalie, I, I never really like that. I like to stick with the 4.5s. I've got Patricio and Fabianski, and uh, they've both got me a clean sheet this week. So Fabianski can be the best. It's just that, you know, West Ham's defence. Ash, what's your thoughts on West Ham's defence as a whole? Fabianski is good, but what's your thoughts on uh, your defence keeping many out? I think the thing is, you've got, with Fabianski, you're going for something different. If you go for Allison or Kepa, you're hoping that they keep clean sheets. It's basically the gamble each week, isn't it? And uh, like they're super awesome teams, so invariably they do. With Fabianski, it's more you're praying that they'll keep a clean sheet, which they definitely won't. <laughs> but then the other team will take so many shots, they get points anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit less of a risk. Like Fabianski and Kepa are on the exact same points. There's a million difference. But Allison's 10 ahead. But for a million, it's quite a lot for 10 points. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, three bonus over the course of the season for Allison. Ten clean sheets so far. I I think this Liverpool defence is just going to get better as the season goes on. It's a shame they've lost Gomez, though. I do think he was really solid back there. Interesting they've got Klein back now. I'm digressing from the question, though. So we're all agreed that Fabianski is the goalkeeper to have at the moment. It sounds like we're saying actually a cheaper option out there is probably better to pair him with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, oh, definitely. I would still kind of hope with Patricio. Wolves have been pretty good over, over the last month. They're third for uh, expected goals against. So they're doing quite well, but they just keep conceding. They just don't concede that many, but they just not kept, uh, they've only kept one clean sheet in the last nine. So that's obviously not very good. But the, uh, yeah, the expected goals are pretty good and they, they can do it. It's just their next five, they play three top six teams and City, Spurs and Liverpool. So maybe not quite at the moment. I'd probably just hang on. But if you if you're making the change, Patricio to Fabianski will be a good one. The um, good thing about Allison is I was just looking at how he ranks up compared to regular players. Obviously, all the Arsenal, all the Liverpool defence are in the top twenty, but he's I think fifteenth overall points, and he's the by far the only person like in the five million range. 
So a keeper that's getting you those kind of rewards, like he's outscoring Aguero. So even if he's not, maybe not the same value for money as Fabianski, it's still an awesome set and forget keeper, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Excuse my bet. I'll, I'll just tell you, I'll throw another one out there who uh, we've mentioned on the podcast before, 4.5 million, but Joe Hart is on 67 points. Now, he's got Arsenal Ugh. next, but then he's got two home games against West Ham and, and uh, Everton. Um, he's got Huddersfield away, Fulham at home, and then Watford. United then dividing him from Saints and Brighton. So he's been in some form this season, been quite impressed with, with Joe Hart. So he might be another uh, potential 4.5 at a go for. No, they have he's, conceded the most this season, though, along with Cardiff on 33. He's actually my second. Like, he's my backup. Mm. But I would... Don't I'm use him. Kind of temp- yeah, I'm kind of tempted to bin him off and just get somebody who's even cheaper and just always pay Fabianski so you're not tempted to swap him. Yeah, I would say that's a better option. He has made yeah. the most saves in the league, Joe Hart, though, by uh, Fabianski's next on 66. He's on 73, so... He's always going to get you a few save points, but no, fair enough. Well, he's um, only he's 67 points. isn't bad for a 4.5 no, player, is it? No, exactly. No, it's a good not, point. Yeah. It's, not, it's not terrible, but uh, yeah, probably better ones out there. Let's move on to uh, number four then. Is Sane the Sterling option? I love the way this is worded. So, Ash, tell us about your thinking here. It was my thinking. No, really? <laughs> James is all over oh, this one. What a horrible, horrible view of prejudice I have of the Iceman being this computer robotic <laughs> FPL data. Yeah. No creativity. That I apologise, Iceman. That's fine. Humble yeah. pie. So, right, Ash, you take about... credit. Go on. No, no, it's all right. Iceman, tell us what the FPL spreadsheet thinks about it. <laughs> That's well, fine. give us the data. I think that if you remove the price tag from each of their heads, like they were last season, uh, because they were fairly equal last season, I feel that like Sane is definitely the better option. I mean, I'm just looking at the goal invo- involvements over the last five, and Sane's got seven. And compared to Sterling, he's had more chances created and shots over the last five. And only, he only got the one shot in the last game, though. So he was always one for kind of being more creative. But when Mendy is out, Sterling has only featured on the left-hand side in the Champions League uh, and never in the Premier League. And Sane has started 10 out of the 12 opportunities on the left-hand side. So I'm kind of assured that Sane is going to get more starting roles than Sterling. And I know Pep's mentioned something about Mares kind of competing with Sterling for a spot on the right. Yeah, you know, that makes me feel like Sane is just going to start on that left side a lot more. And I feel like on the left-hand side, City require like a left footer to, you know, swing in those crosses and... Yeah, just I'm really supporting this Sane shout because I've got him in my team. I'm kind of glad I have. I feel like I've chosen the right one. He's a little bit cheaper than Sterling uh, and can provide just as many points. Yeah, I like that. What do you think, Ash? Yeah, I prefer, I think I prefer Sterling as a player. I think Sane is a bit more well-rounded. I don't think he can hit the heights of Sterling. He doesn't have as many tattoos for one, so that's (laughs) all out there. And he's definitely, when Mendy gets injured, same thing happened last year, didn't it? it frees up Sane so much. So yeah. whilst in that situation, I think he's the better pick for the cost as well, like an extra 2 million, isn't it, to get Sterling? Yeah. Really, it's sort of one of those ones where it's a bit of much for muchness. It's like, if you haven't got the cash for Sterling, you may as well go Sane. There's hardly any difference. Yeah, and Sane, he's not played at the World Cup as well. He had more of a rest up till now, not been playing much in the league whilst Mendy's been playing. So he should be fresher. 
And I mean, we, we've got to wait for this League Cup game midweek to just see who starts there. And if Sane's not started there, I feel like if, if you've got the option to bring in either one of them, I'd definitely go Sane. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like, I agree with that as well. Watching Sane again, I watched the uh, City versus Everton game over the weekend and Sane, Jesus got man of the match, but Sane was the danger man. Pep, I think, had always planned to take him off after an hour, the commentators said which suggests they're kind of trying to rest him and, and Sterling. And I think he'll, I fancy him to start the next game still. You're right, minute for minute, he seems to be the better player. Um, every time he gets the ball, he's exciting at the moment. And he's, you know, they've got the players that are going to convert his chances. So Sterling, obviously, absolute dynamite. Even coming on for 30 minutes, he still scored. So I think if you've got him, keep hold of him. But Sane is, uh, is not a bad option at the moment. Yeah, and also one which I kind of heard, I'm not sure where I heard it now, but Pep was saying about his performance in the Champions League was so good that he had to start in this game. I, I don't know whether that's changed. That's a bit of a different thought from Pep there. You kind of see it as a, are players just going to play well in the previous game, going to start in the next game? Um, that has questioned me for his starting spots for a few other players. Yeah, Ash, what do you think about that? So he was saying that Sane or Sterling played so well. He said Sane played so well because he scored, I think, got two in the Champions League against Hoffenheim. And he said he has to start. Yeah. I guess the thing is, it's so difficult to tell with them. I don't think any of the years I've done really, really well, I've gone too much in for Man City players ever because of the rotation. I think you can. You can. I think maybe both the years I did really well. I just avoided them. I think it mega points, but then if you spread the money around the rest of your team. You can actually do well without it. No, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe now, maybe now that Sterling is doing so well, like having him doesn't really hurt you. But when it's, you know, when they have Silver and KDB and they're all playing, they tend to eat each other's points. Yeah, yeah. They still get good returns by the end of the year. So, you know, I don't know if it matters or not. Okay, chaps. Well, let's move on to our fifth headline. Um, Ash is on, so let's talk West Ham. Mr. Fish has asked us, I'm liking the look of West Ham at the moment, me too, is Philippe Anderson worth the extra two million over Snodgrass? Interesting one. So, Ash, as a West Ham fan, what are your views on this? Oh, I mean, I said right from the start of the season, Anderson is absolutely amazing. When we had a tough great, yeah. start, the first few games, I said, like, don't worry, like, we've obviously got a really hard run, like, same as Newcastle, so it's stupid to count us out. And we look so much better under the new manager. Play really nice football. Perfectly suits Anderson. It's amazing. The um, thing I would say about Snodgrass is I think he's really reliant on Anderson. Uh, quite a lot of his work is Anderson coming in and pulling it back for him. So I don't know if you can have, like, if it makes sense to have one without the other. I don't know. Like if Anderson doesn't play, then Snodgrass isn't getting any points. But if Snodgrass doesn't play, Anderson still will. Are you, are you looking at it from Anderson's creating chances for Snodgrass? Yeah, or, yeah, because he's like the creative player we've got, basically. Well, I I, I looked at the stats, I thought, because I, I, I was interested on this one, because I'm looking at bringing yeah. Snodgrass in this week for Murphy. West Ham, like you say, playing well, they've scored 11 goals in the last four, so red-hot form, really. Um, They've got four wins out of four, he's going really strong on this, I mean, they've had a good fixture run for a while, and then yeah. they've got Watford, Saints and Burnley. So yeah, it's going to continue really. So I did a stats comparison over the two on Snodgrass and Anderson. And, uh, Snodgrass is 
winning for key stats, seven over four. Anderson winning for XG, so expected goals, 1.22 over Snodgrass, just 0.15. But the thing is, Snodgrass is winning for creativity in terms of XA. He's on uh, 1.42 to um, Anderson's 0.92. They're pretty equal on involvement in, during the game and also BPS. Um, Anson wins for penalty area touches 18 to 10. And then, then you've got the shots, which is the, you know, here's the more important things in terms of Anderson wins eight shots to three for Snodgrass. Uh, Snodgrass wins for chances created 13 to five. And then Snodgrass is actually winning for goal involvement because he's got two goals and three assists in the last four. Anderson's got the two goals and one assist. So you could say Snodgrass has been a bit lucky looking at the XG which he's got, but they, they both look good really. They are both good options. Anderson's a quality player. I tell you, it's exactly what I said last week. Anderson's the one for goals, I think. And Snodgrass is mainly for the assists. It's just that you're looking for consistency in your, in your players and, Anson over the last seven has looked really, really good, whereas Snodgrass is just the last four. Anson over the last seven has averaged 7.7 points per game. So it shows that he's kind of got the longevity at the moment. And at the moment, Snodgrass is kind of only in due to Yarmolenko. Do you reckon that's right, being out? Ash. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah so when that Yarmolenko was playing, he looked like totally nailed on. Yeah. And Snodgrass, he's, I feel like he is the creative of the team with, he's on corners and free kicks as well. So I can see more assists than goals from him. As again, as mentioned last week, he's top for chances created over the last four with 13 and that's equal to Hazard. Yeah. I see either one as good options. It depends what you can afford. Um, if you want goals and that consistency, I'll go Anderson. If you're just looking for someone in that price bracket, Snodgrass is still a great option, and I am thinking about bringing them in for myself. Plus, uh, Snodgrass is 2% picked, and Anderson is 19. Is Snodgrass so a differential? differential? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. That's what you want, isn't it? So yeah, looking, game, yeah. looking for those differentials. Yeah. yeah. But that is an example of, like, a classic example of a differential. I guess the price difference comes into it. But there, it would be who you thought you should you shouldn't factor that in. Like I mean, you didn't even mention it, but I would see that as a classic differential matchup. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So uh, I've got to say, reading that question and thinking about it, um, I, I think this one comes down to money, is that which was the final point there. Uh, if you've got it, I would definitely go Anderson. He looks like I said, top player. When he was in Italy last year, he's found his feet in the Premiership. West Ham seems to have some players that will put the ball in the net now. I'm really excited when Arnautovic is back and playing regularly again. Hernandez, I think, has done a great job up there. Um, and of course, the wonderful Andy Carroll, you know, <laughs> he's back. player to cross it, he is back. So yeah, no, I think um, for me, it would be, if you've got the money and it's a decision either way, I would definitely go Anderson at the moment. Joel, let's move on to our next question. Um, those are the headlines. So, We've got some general ones that have come from the community. So from uh, I am Paul, the Paul Aitken, with the little or no returns from premium strikers, would a move back to a five-man midfield be the way through Christmas torment? And Tom Horn has followed this up with this. I was going to ask pretty much the same question, especially with so many midfielders performing consistently in uh, in most of the price brackets. Uh, I, I love the way that Tom Horn has just put this. There was once a time where when people didn't use computers to communicate, we would put, yes, I would agree with this. I also think this. Now we just abbreviate everything into this. Nice, nice. Time. In it. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm sure Tom doesn't sound like that or say in it. He's, he's a good fellow, Tom. He's in our mostly in our top ten. I uh, I always enjoy his questions and the fact that he's just very good. So <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's step into this. Five men at the back. Ash, is that a way you would go, or are you a traditional three to four man defender man? Yeah, I would go five at the back, but it'd have to be really rough. I mean, you'd have to have some serious problems with the rest of you to want to do that, I think. Or, who, would you, who would an ideal five be for you, Ash? If you could pick five defenders, because presume we, we're saying because what we're saying here effectively is that there's no points to be made in the premium strikers. So pick your five defenders who are available now. You'd get five premium defenders, or just so it doesn't have to be premium, just five uh, defenders right now. Well, I'd definitely go Wambasaka. I think Doherty, Robertson. Then I give up after that struggle. <laughs> oh, Alonso, obviously. Alonso, yeah, yeah. Was well, that leave me with one? Um, I don't know anybody else. Another go for a defensive. Uh, Van Dyke, I guess. Right. Yeah, I like that. He's not Virgil. <laughs> Iceman. Um, if I was to just go the five at the back here, yeah, I think I'd go Doherty, Robertson, Wamsaka, um, Alonso, and uh, I don't know. Um, Holovas. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, but, uh, it'll, it'll be a thinker, but I, I don't think you should move away from the, I need to argue the, the point of you shouldn't move away from the premium strikers. I just think that it just makes your team very un, unflexible if you've got problems elsewhere. Obviously, Aubameyang, Kane, I feel like these premium strikers and Aguero's back now, so he, he's going to be in contention. They just allow you to move from one to the other, especially if you've got like an injury or you see a top striker, premium striker in form and just go into five at the back. No, it's, it's not for me. I, you know, you've got to take advantage of these cheap defenders. Yeah. Just make the most of the, the money where you can really. I mean, I still think the likes of Aubameyang and Kane are going to perform in the next few games as well. I think, if anything, I'd want to put the money in midfield. Because if you look at the way that Sterling, Sane are scoring, Salah, Mane to an extent, Hazard, take your pick of the Tottenham lot, that there's there's money to be invested in the midfield and points there. So I'd, I'd probably rather go into the midfield if you're trying to come away from the strikers. But I agree, Iceman, I still think there's value in these big front men. Yeah, yeah. I, just don't think there's, I just don't think there's the expensive players to go all out in your defence. Like... Um, Doherty, I don't know if you are oh, plugged for the podcast. We got asked to do the vote for the Premier League Player of the Month, and mm. Doherty was our nomination for it nice. when he won. But that's what I'm talking about. So he's 5.1. Like everyone agrees, like Wambasaka is pretty good. And then, so the most expensive one you've got is Alonso, who you might not even take. Like you go Robertson and have David Luiz, maybe. And then who are you going to spend the money on? I don't know. Like you're going to buy Walker? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, but if you were to use the money midfield, I can see why people might want to use it for midfield because there are plenty of players kind of playing well at the moment in terms of you know Hazard, Sterling, yeah. Sane, etc., and Felipe Anderson, even likes of Son who might get some games as well. But I just feel like if you, if you move away from one of the at least have one of the the big hitters up front, it just makes the risk less. And I feel like this game is is about reducing risk sometimes. You've got to think about that when just say you get a, a massive injury up front. Just say that Jimenez, Ings and uh, Mitrovic, all one of them got injured. Like you, you can't move to anyone else. You know, there's not that many good strikers up top. I suppose you can move to Wilson, but whether or not you can move up the money, uh, just, yeah, inflexible, and I, I don't really like it. That's a great point about not being able to make the moves after without taking a points hit, which you don't want to do. Mm. 
Yeah, because and in, injuries not, and you know suspensions and things, who've got to think about that? Also, it's the opposite problem of the defence. There isn't a load of really expensive, good defenders. There's not a load of cheap, good forwards either. Like, you need some of the big ones because there isn't, like, if you could play, if there were three decent seven million forwards, it would be all right. But there isn't. There's, like, some good ones and a few cheap, like, Jimenez is good, isn't he? Yeah. And then other than that, it's like, who are you going to pick? Like, imagine a forward line of Murray, King and Rondon. It's like, just kill yourself. Oh, (laughs) kill yourself. (laughs) Gosh. Wow, watching paint dry. Um, the uh, the only other defender we're going to throw into this, we I might have missed, but we haven't mentioned is Diggers, Digney, Luke Digney. Yeah, great form for Everton at the moment. Some nice fixtures coming up. If you don't want to pay out for a Robertson or a Alonso, I'd, I'd be looking at him for sure. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't mention him. He is kind of on fire at the moment, even in the the big games against City, still getting up points, yeah. racks up yeah. the bonus points, like we said. Since game week four, he's actually created 33 chances, which is top for defenders, and over the last four, he's had 12 chances created, which is four for all players in, in FPL. So, and um, when Everton go forward, they, they just, it just looks like it's coming from that left-hand side with him. He's like he's like another Alonso Doherty type player. Do you know what? And and some fans, some listeners rather might disagree with me, or fans of Everton at least. But um, I really focus. City really attacked down the left-hand side. Now that could be the form of Sane, but I just felt Mares was a little bit quiet at the weekend, and I think I do feel it's because Digny. Um, sorry, let's call him Dean. Let's Luca him Dean. Yeah, Luca Dean. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'll end that now. I, I really think he was pushing him back. You know, he bombs forward. His overlapping runs are amazing. He's a decent defender as well. And I think that told a lot about the lack of involvement from Riyad Mahrez at the weekend. Someone will now come up with a stat to prove me wrong there. But I think he's really worth looking at at the moment, uh, Dina. Yeah, France I think so. I don't know if I would get him in this week. He might be worth, like, if you're restructuring, save your transfer this week, wait for him to play Tottenham, then get him in, because then they've got like, Burnley... And a few other players, Leicester, Bournemouth, Brighton maybe in between. Yeah, if you can hold, yep. then then maybe do it. But I, he is my transfer in this week at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I've got Bellerin and I've got Murphy. And I've got the exact money to go uh, Dean and uh, Snodgrass at the moment. So if any of the prices move, which I'm sure they will in terms of Snodgrass will probably go up or Bellerin go down, then, yeah, I can't can't buy them. And that's that's what I want to do. Who's been? I, I hadn't didn't check the uh, Spurs lineup at the weekend. Who's been playing right back mainly for them? Has it been uh, Trippier still, or has Aurier been playing there? Uh, Trippier's back, isn't he? I thought he was. Let's have a quick look. Uh, yeah, he played ninety at the weekend. So I've, I mean, Trippier, I think will handle him better. But if he lined up against Serge Aurier, I'd really fancy yeah, him to get yeah. some assist bonus because Aurier is not the defender that uh, Trippier is. So yeah, be an interesting one. Who's the lunatic for? Oh, he's injured. It's annoying. <laughs> if uh, I'm dying to know who you mean. Yeah, Foy. If he was playing, <laughs> what a I'd go all in. He's an absolute yeah. lunatic. Yeah, he is Argentinian. To be fair, he's Argentinian, so he's got that. Uh, he's got that bit of flair about him. Yeah. Right. I think we've exhausted the question of five at the back. Let's um, let's go against what we've just said and now talk about premium strikers. So, <laughs> FPL 007007. Very good. Amazing. Um, Iceman. Should we be holding Orba Kane? Longer than you can hold out for a podcast piss. Both <laughs> feel like better out than in at the moment. <laughs> um, maybe. I what mean, was it? Okay. What, was the, sorry, what was the question? Like the start of it? Should we get rid of Kane? 
Should we be holding Aubameyang and Kane? Oh, I see. Yeah, so I think what they're saying is with a little bit of form they've had recently, a lot of managers, aka myself and others, um, have committed to the Kane or Bamiyang big price up front. They haven't scored massively recently. The question is, should we be holding them? Um, and I think that's in re- reference to recent uh, piss holding by the ice band. <laughs> I think it's a case of, I think it's time to show patience with both of them, really. Um, I mean, a lot of people were bringing in Kane because he was beginning to hit form. He played against Burnley. He, he got the two attempts on goal, but Burnley parked the bus and they just time wasted. They got a couple of players booked for time wasting as well. So it, yeah, it almost didn't stand a chance there. I do think that he can score in nearly any game that he goes to. He's on penalties as well, so there is potential. He's not worth his price, no, 12.6. But if you've got him now, you may as well keep for these next few. And Aubameyang, he always looks like he can get something. He came close a few times against Southampton. If it wasn't for Bednarak making that awesome challenge, which he made just sliding in at the end, he would have scored. And that seems to happen every game for Aubameyang. He doesn't get that many chances, but he manages to get points here and there and who knows you may even sit on the bench and come on and give you a, a two goal so Arsenal are yeah. quite attractive and you know so so are Spurs so either one I can just see points from them yeah and you know Arsenal lost the Saints because of terrible defending but make no mistake there were still chances there like I said, there were some big blocks on them Obama Yang he's got Burnley at home and then Brighton away so they're not the sort of fixtures to take him out for I don't think yeah agreed yeah, and like you say, Kane's got Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves, Cardiff, United, Fulham, Watford, Newcastle, Leicester. I mean, you, you could score in all of those, to be fair. So yeah. I, I would keep the faith in Kane. Yeah, I agree. I've got Kane. Like, he's not brilliant. He's not racking in all the points. But he's in the like top 10 of people with points overall. And what's Aubameyang's fourth? And like Kane's last few games, what's he got? 6, 6, 12, 1, 5. Decent enough, isn't it? Like, just hold fire. Unless you've got, same again, unless the rest of your team is absolutely on fire and you need to really sort things out, then maybe get rid of him to help, like, you've run out of money or something. Otherwise, I, don't, I wouldn't be rushing, especially with, you know, some good fixtures coming up. And no real alternative either. No, we need Aguero to get back to uh, to full fitness. Now he's available, don't we, before we, we make that, that decision. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else from the striking options that you guys are really thinking, do you know what, they, they're looking good at the moment? If you're if you're going any strikers, then there's loads. I mean, you, you're looking at Jimenez as well, performed in the last game. You get goals so I'm, I'm confused. Did yeah, he got, yeah, he got nine he, points. He returned again, yeah. So he, he hoovered up three bonus. It's it's just so consistent, and I think he is actually equal with Kane for shots in the box with 38 on the season. And he is averaging. I took, actually, I looked at this because I got asked in Slack, well, how's, how's he doing and whether they should go for Ings. And I feel like if you've not got him in this, I feel like you should go for him over Ings. He's 4.8 points per game over the season. Seems to be able to score against anyone. So decent player. I, I would go him in over Ings. I'll tell you who's a real outside pick. You can say Rondo. Oh God. Lukaku. Let me, let me list a stat for you before you go on and talk about him. Yeah. 20 touches he made against Liverpool at Anfield. Never has he previously had fewer in a Premier League game that he's played 90 minutes in. And that's up to Joe giving you that stat. Wow. Yeah, but that basically is irrelevant, isn't it? So they're playing the best team in the league, the second best team in Europe last year, and they got slaughtered. They're nowhere near that good. But in his previous game, he played against Fulham, got six points, scored a goal. 
Game before that played Arsenal, good yeah. team did nothing. Yeah, fair. Game before that played Southampton, got nine. Their next four games, who have they got? They've got Cardiff, some real rubbish teams Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Newcastle. Two yeah, eight. I mean... Yeah. They're not bad fixtures. It could be a really good shout. I'll tell you what he is. He is a differential. Yeah, I know. It's like it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah. So you want. I'm, I'm getting you the... I'm delivering you the differential picks. You are. It's brilliant. Brilliant picks, mate. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. It could be a shout. I mean, like, if you're going that route anyway, like, I still... Do you want to be getting Ings? I know he's a lot more expensive. I think I'd rather get rid of Kane and get Lukaku than get Ings in. <laughs> yeah. So Romelu is a, is an option, but not for the Iceman. Um, no, no. It's like, it's like it's like completely insane, but it just might work. Yeah, it could. Right, chaps, I'm going to move us on. We've got quite a lot of content here to uh, our next question, which we've semi-covered already. So just add to this. A few questions on defensive replacements for TAA, Bellerin and Kolasinac. So Aaron Boyle was asked, hello Aaron, uh, injuries plague teams, TAA, Bellerin, Stones in mine. I also have Doherty and Alonso. Who should I sub in to cover the defence? Delph, Lovren, both or another? FPL Dare, TAA replacements, was going to get collar, but is resting, stop that. And uh, FPL Addict, Klein, nailed, 4.6 only. <laughs> Oh, just go to these questions one by one. Aaron, I think that you've got quite an easy choice there. I think Luca Dean would be your one to go for. Uh, FPL Dare. Collar wasn't rested. He was actually injured. So he could be back, but too much of a risk for me with uh, Monreal. Didn't play too badly there. So again, I would probably go for Dean. And uh, FPL Addict Klein could be uh, an option, but Klopp has said that the injury to Alexander-Arnold is not as serious as the two other boys uh, and I think it was referring to Matip and Gomez, but it's not top-class news. So he's still injured, but he, he could be back soon, so I'm not sure. So not necess- necessarily uh, taking TA out is the best option, but if you haven't got Lucatine, I'd definitely go him. Other options would be Lovren, Klein, Target, <laughs> Holobus, and yeah, some some of these, but yeah, Lucatine would be my ideal replacement. Okay, and uh, Ash? Yeah, I think we've covered sort of a fair amount of this before with the defenders. I think he's right. It's like Dean, who we missed out initially, um, probably is the choice. I've actually got Alexander-Arnold, so I was thinking the same thing. I swapped Roberts. I downgraded to him when Roberts got injured, and then they did the little switcheroo. Now I'm stuck with Roberts. Can't upgrade back to Robertson. Um, so I'm thinking I might go Digny as well. Well, I don't really trust yes, yes, oh, sorry. We've got another No, 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 you said Oh, that. no. <laughs> yeah, you talk me into it. Okay. The Yorkshire. Awesome. We, we will develop a Yorkshire FPL 11 by the end of the yeah. year. Tony Marshall. Uh, Tony Marshall. Digney. Rick Charles' son. Luke. <laughs> and they're flying out, reeling them off. Right, okay. So I think there's some decent, decent options offered there. Let's move on to some other questions. So we've got Mike Mulcahy. Mulky Mike. Sorry, I've spelled that wrong. Said that wrong. Uh, should we sit Doherty against Liverpool? Sit. Sit. I, sit. I, I should, well, maybe, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about starting him. He's still an attacking option for Wolves. And they're playing at home. Maybe they can keep a clean sheet. I doubt it. But you can still get attacking options from him. So I wouldn't necessarily do it if you've got some other good options. I'm starting him. How about you, Ash? What do you think? I mean, it really depends what the rest of your team is, doesn't it? He would be my... He would waver on the bench. I mean, for me, if I had him, I'd play him because the rest of my team, you know, the next four players after him are shocking. Like, I've got Dean Garner, 
an injury, Steve Cook. So he would make the cut. I don't mind it against Liverpool, but it really depends. Like, you're going to have to have someone better. Depends if you've got someone who's nailed on going to start with a better fixture. Otherwise, just play him. It's not the worst. I wouldn't triple captain him. <laughs> no, I think the only thing that will play to Doherty's advantage in that game is if Liverpool start with Mane on the left-hand side. He's not the best player defensively and Doherty could potentially exploit that. Having said that, he's up against Andy Robertson, who, for my money this season to watch, is probably the best left-back in the league, With bearing in mind Mendy is out a lot. Yeah. So even even from an attacking perspective, I don't rate Doherty as much as I would do usually in this fixture. It's blatantly going to be 3 or 4-1, I would think. Yeah. So it's taking. you know he's not going to get... It's just like, Kent, do you think he can get an assist or not? So you know he's not going to get a clean sheet. So it depends who else you've got. Yeah. I think if you've got a stronger three defenders, maybe I'd go with them just for this game week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got FPL Classico. Love that name. Um, am I mad thinking of doing Kane and Fraser to Jimenez and Hazard? I don't, I don't think he's mad, but I, I wouldn't necessarily do it. Hazard's such a troll. He's the biggest FPL troll there is. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, gonna, he's performed the last game. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good, but he could just easily blank. Mm, okay. Oh, more so than Kane, you think? That's what we're talking about premium there, aren't we? Effectively, Kane for Hazard in terms yeah. of investment. Do you I, think- mean, I mean, apparently he got a knock, Hazard, but it wasn't too serious, so he should be okay. And When does he not get a knock? Yeah, yeah, he's he's always smashed always. by it, someone. And he always just plays, isn't he? I mean, he's starting in that uh, false nine now again. I know Sarri turned Mertens into like a goal machine from that position. Oh, and he's uh, he is doing well. He's got a goal and five assists in his last four, averaging seven point five points per game. And uh, no player has actually had more assists from game week fourteen onwards than Hazard. I, I just saw a quick quote from Sari just saying, "I think that for us, Hazard could be very important in this position. He's very able to come out and play with his te- with his teammates. He's very able to create spaces. Now I think that in that position." He has to improve attacking in the box. So there is quite a lot of hope there, and uh, I wouldn't mind him in, but I just wouldn't remove Kane when he can potentially score more or equal it. Now, that sounds like, thought... it sounds like quite a wise quote from Sari, but when you consider the other strikers you have don't do any of those things, <laughs> it's, yeah, Hazard is obviously going to do a better job up there. So and it just bring Pedro, brings Pedro into the question. Sorry, go on. No, sorry, sorry. I saw an interesting stat. I don't know if this has been posted in other places. That in the last five games, Sane, Anderson, Sterling, Hazard and Aubameyang in the last five games have all got over 30 points and Sane's got 42. And all of them, their price has gone up basically by half a million. Apart from Hazard's, whose price has gone down by three, mm. like 0.3. So it's weird that everyone else's price has gone up. They've all scored basically the same amount of points and his has gone different. So you're now know, talking about... Uh, swing between Hazard and Aubameyang in five games. So quite interesting, yeah. Yeah, so now Hazard's price has actually dropped. Maybe it's bring him in, get him in. in. They've got good good fixtures now. Yeah, they've got good fixtures. Leicester at home, Watford away, Crystal Palace away, and Saints at home in the next four. So yeah, not bad. Yeah, I want Hazard now. Yeah, (laughs) you really want Hazard. Right, okay, I think we've uh, answered that one. Let's move with, I think, uh, Iceman, we've uh, got a lot of pod for you to edit here, haven't we? Yeah, that's fine. Keep, keep, right, you let's, can go uh, through the rest of the questions. Whip right. through. Can he wait to hear Iceman read out the top ten? <laughs> Will the Iceman be getting warm with any 
Maverick changes, or is he going for the Dollard move? Is it Dollard move, the move I'm making? Yeah, I think the Dollard move. Sorry, Dan. Is that your answer? Yeah, I'm going for the Dollard move, uh, as I mentioned earlier with the Bellerin, and uh, you'll be reading out the top ten later. So. Yeah, so what's the Dollard move? Bellerin to Digny or Luca Dean and Murphy to Snodgrass. Oh, well, we're, we're like putting names together, like Brangelina. <laughs> it's like it's sexy, it's FPL. Yeah, I like it, fashionable. Love it, Iceman, love it. Okay, <laughs> Ash, we've got some questions for you. Oh, really? We have. So, Mark at M. Bison, what's it really like working with the Tom Holmes? Has ha. he ever made you laugh so hard you've done a little pee in your wife fronts? So can you so you can answer two questions there? Do you uh, wear what's wife it like fronts? to work with him, and do you wear wife fronts? <laughs> uh, a, a little bit too personal than we normally get. I don't wear wife fronts, and uh, lie, it's really good. It, uh, he's really funny. Like in real life, I don't know. I, I assume people do think he's funny on the pod. I, I, I listen; life, it is hilarious. It is, yeah, 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 brilliant. You both yeah, are. Though. It's, a, it's a really funny yeah. podcast. It's yeah, it's very funny. If yeah, yeah, if you want um, a mixture of FPL with comedy, I can't recommend it enough. We try to um, be. I think you know, I've like got a pretty good record in it, and I think I generally know what I'm talking about. So I try to give good advice and then mix it with like try and make it a bit light-hearted. Like, and he's a proper. You know, like stand-up comedian does the circuit weather, so he's obviously like really funny. And then yeah. um, Craig's not always here because he does like works a lot, but he's really professional as well. So it's quite. A good he's one. also quite funny as well. You also you're three really yeah. funny lads, so it's it's an enjoyable podcast. Oh, they two like together. Oh, I tell you one thing is they they wind each other up. Uh, oh my god, they are like the way Tom talks about Craig. <laughs> it's like he loves him. It's like every time there's like a little question, he's like, "Oh, Craig, what, what do you think?" Is Tom going to be listening to this? You know. Oh, I don't know. He barely gets bars, so I doubt it. Nice. And uh, the wife answer question. No, we're not getting an answer on that. I know. I already said. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, don't know. No, no wife. wife sorry. Oh, okay. yes. Maybe I don't think I've ever peed myself. It doesn't make me laugh though. It's like a lot when we're recording the podcast. Actually, I do think that quite a lot. Uh, Iceman, do you wear wife fronts? Uh, every day, yeah. Perhaps that's the problem with the bladder. They're too compressing on the... Uh, maybe, yeah. I'm, I am could be. I'm dying for a piss at the moment. Just I, always, I was saying a minute ago, I always thought that when you guys had a piss break, you know, air quotes, it, it was just like you were just setting up the mics or whatever or, you know, doing the recording. I didn't realise that is literally what he does. Yeah. It's a feature. It's, yeah. It's an actual feature. I'm going to get... Let's do this last one and then you can go. It's yep. very quick. Speedy up. Um, Carmen S. Torres. Yeah, Ash. He is one of the greatest. He is nice. one of the greatest, yeah. It's like a, like a crossover episode, isn't it? It's good. It's beautiful. That's it. So nice little comment for you there, Ash. Um, I think it's time to release the Iceman from his recording duties and let him take a tinkle. Oh, thanks very much. Right, very well, Right, welcome back, Iceman. Before we move on to our next feature, I believe, uh, Ash, you have a question. I wondered how, as no one cares about it, including me, everybody got... It was the first week of the Cup. No one mentioned it. Oh, yeah. The disastrous yeah, how'd you, Cup How'd you get on? Did you win? Did you go through? I, I did all right. The guy who I was playing against took 
triple hit the lunatic. <laughs> so it ended up on like no points. He's our so, third lunatic of the podcast, he is. Everybody is, yeah. Oh, so bad. So I'm through to the first round, which I didn't think I'd be. I noticed the guy who's number one overall was straight out. Or the guy who was top of your league, I think, um, who's pretty high up. Uh, so, do you guys know how you did? Um, no. I, I, oh, I know how I did. Yeah, I'm through to the next round. And I'm playing someone who has got an overall rank of 1.3 million next. So... I'm hopeful for the next round. But oh, nice. who who actually cares, though, to be honest? Like, it's going to take a lot of luck to get all the way to the final. I don't even yeah. think, like, the top players currently in the top 1,000 are going to get to the top. It's all a matter of luck each week, isn't it? Who yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? Mm. Bully, did you get through? No, I didn't. I went out to well uh, a, team, a team called the Big Man Team. Oh, sounds, ah. sounds like your team. And, uh, and I, I suffered to uh, a hazard captaincy. So, yeah, there we go. Unlucky. I think in the season I finished 82nd, I got three draws in a row. Wow. I remember what happens when you do it. I managed to, every week for three weeks, it was a draw. And then I must have somehow gone through. What and random year for you? Someone completely randomly, yeah. Very strong. Okay, okay. So, let's move on to our transfers and captains. I'll lead us off on this one, as I, I never do. My skipper this week, I'm going to take a punt on Aubameyang. He's been a bit quiet for a few games, but I think with his strike rates, I really fancy him to do the job against Burnley. But I think his point ceiling will potentially be higher than Kane's against Everton. And Hazard, he's the obvious one as well, isn't he? Just not sure. I'm going to go for P, big P in this one. Nice, nice. Transfer-wise, I'm yeah, I'm in a conundrum. Kolasinac is in my team, but I'm not sure about his fitness. So I'll have to do something about that. Waiting for um, press releases on Friday, I suppose. Waiting for, yeah, waiting for the press releases on Friday, although there was a Friday night fixture, so don't get caught out by Ooh, that list. Yeah, Wolves versus Liverpool. Press is on Thursday. Press Thursday, yeah. Do not get caught out by the Wolves-Liverpool kickoff on the Friday evening. Thank you, Sky, for putting Wolves on, on Sky again. Cheers. <laughs> Against Liverpool, to be fair. So, I'm getting some good games at the moment. But yeah, so I can't tell you who my transfer is at the moment because I don't know. Ash, who's your transfer and your skipper this week? That's a good question. I'm tempted to save a transfer because my defence is so short. I've got uh, Willy Bolly, Alonso, uh, Schindler, Alexander Arnold, and Steve Cook. It's so lacklustre think i might need to save a transfer and try and rectify that i don't i've taken two point hits in two years so i don't i don't like doing them although i used to be well into it but now i don't think it's the right move mm-hmm. um so i'll probably hold fire and also i've got a theory that you should always captain your best midfielder at home so that would give me a hazard as they're hosting leicester but i would still be quite tempted at salah away at wolves as we know that that's probably going to be 4-1 or something. So. An absolute bloodbath. Yeah. So I'm quite, <laughs> yeah. I might go for that, actually. To be fair, Salah is is not too shy of retiring on the road, is he? That game against Bournemouth, he absolutely massacred them. So I think yeah. that's a great shout this week. I don't know how it being an evening kickoff will affect him. He seems to be really good first thing in the morning. I'm not sure about late at night. I reckon he probably overeats during the day. That's his problem. Yeah. By the time he gets to the evenings, he's had a bit too much. And it's, uh, yeah. So sort your diet out, Mohammed. It's uh, costing us all points. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Regarding the Hazard one there, I did look at a, a random stat. Um, Leicester, since November the 1st, 
are actually the best for XG against defensively. So I don't know if that's going to put anyone off. Um, best so as in they've kept the most, they've stopped the they, most. They've, yeah, they've stopped the most. So they're only 5.7 for XG. Second to that is Chelsea on 5.97. So bottom for that is Newcastle. Uh, no, it's Bournemouth on 15.11. But yeah, it was quite a surprise to see that Leicester is um, right up there for defensive stats. Well, um, right up there. But whether or not that will put you off or not, or, or not not sure but I suppose we're looking at I feel like if you're looking at the Wolves game obviously Salah's going to be the best option there Wolves with only one clean sheet and nine but they don't concede many Wolves even when they do they are third for XG against this month behind Chelsea and Liverpool just for December alone obviously Salah's got the most shots this season joint third for chances created with 12 over the last four so there's always an option there I'll tell you what who popped out of nowhere is Firmino he's actually got 10 shots in the box over the last four and his joint four for all players but I realised after I saw that stat I was quite excited thinking oh maybe he's becoming an option but nine of those shots were actually in the United game it just shows he's hungry for goals City would be the best options I feel like Ash said so it would be the likes of Sane, Sterling or Aguero the ones if you've managed to hold on to Aguero maybe he could be a good option this week but remember that Jesus scored two in the last game but I have Sane so I feel like I'm going to captain him Uh, he's starting now scoring assisting practically plays up front but like you said, Bully, Aubameyang, I'll be tempted to captain him. He should have scored two in the last game, and the game before, he should have scored as well. I feel like it is coming for him, and Arsenal will probably look looking for revenge against Burnley because of uh, what happened against Saints ruining their record. I mean, I was tempted to captain Lacazette, but I feel like I'm too chicken as he might get benched. Either Aubameyang, any of the City players uh, are going to be great options this week. Are they um, a City at home or away? Yeah, they're at home, so they're at home to Palace. Oh, yeah, and Arsenal are at home as well. I, I think in a City midfielder, like if you've got Sane, the advantage is if you vice-captain someone else, the the Man City players tend to not come on if they rest them. You know, the big players like that, he'll probably, yeah. if he's not going to play Sane, I don't think he'll like give him a run around either. You say that, but Sterling came on last game uh, midway through. But he yeah, did get true. the goal, didn't he? So. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so plenty of options there. <clears throat> a good game week for the uh, the top teams. Um, Iceman, I'm going to run through our mini league. Yes. Right now. <laughs> Do it. Right now, I've loaded it up. Right, okay, so 10th place, Paula Samadius, 10th place. In, uh, in ninth, we've got Adida Oscar with Nate Thomas. Uh, 8th place, the Renegades, Philip Mathen, Majid United in 7th. That is and... Luke Jurdy, by the way. Oh, Majid United? Yeah. That's his name, uh, Majid. Uh, I'm not sure. Majid Zadeh. Yeah, that's Luke Jerry. He's gone into our top ten. So well done, Luke. Is there something I don't know about his real name? That is his real name. He's had to use Luke Jerdy as his acting name. Very strong. Very mm. strong. Unsullied, no fear. Dan Mbuka in sixth. G Sung part the bus. Andy Blackburn Syme fourth. Lacazette deck. Andy Nolan up to fourth. Sonny and Shah, Robert Hudek into third. Are they new that week? This week even? Yeah, he's just come in, I think. Uh, in second place, Victor is still mowing his lawn uh, with Joe Stone. And in first place, despite continuous attempts, he cannot give up Fanta. Having said that, he is 12th overall in all of FPL. Well played once again, Michael Taylor. Well played, Michael. I did have a Fanta at the weekend as well. How was it? Lovely. 
Is this still as good as they've always been? Or they yeah, I had one of those pink ones. Lovely, very nice. I enjoyed it. Have you still got the addiction to Monster? Yes, still constantly on the Monsters. Really unhealthy. Absolutely, and uh, may contribute to the piss problem. Could do, yeah. Of course, wonderful. Yeah, great work there in the top 10. Really competitive. 12th in the world. That's incredible. Iceman, before we get to the feedback box, uh, one very brief Icemandic feature. Uh, the question is, uh, in the yeah. Slack channel this week, it was noted that young Poppy is the first lady of Icemandia in our Slack channel. But who was the first lady of Icemandia? <laughs> it was my fiance, Chani. Chani is the first lady of Icemandia. Thank She's you. Got me. Another one of those, same time again next week. Yeah. Feedback box. We have it. We have it, and uh, I'm going to read it. Good. I'm going to read it right now. Do it. Uh, it's from FPL Mediocrity. I'm currently on 1,013 points. Uh, or Overall, 16, rank. 000, overall, overall rank. ranking. Sorry. Let's just carry it. Let's roll with it. Yeah. Let's just roll with it. Um, or... Uh, yeah, this time last season I was on 857 overall rank, 379k. This year I'm in the FPL Surgery Patreon Slack channel. You can be a better FPL manager too. Just go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery and sign up and listen to this. Hashtag hench, hashtag up the pod. <laughs> nice, thank you, Mediocrity. Over, overall rank of 16,321. You didn't actually read that in the end. Or... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Everybody should read these before I then read them live. <laughs> Shall we uh, hear what Brett's got to say? Yeah, let's let's hear what Brett's got to say. Okay, here is Sexy Thoughts. Sexy Thoughts. Sexy Thoughts this weekend goes out to me. And the minus eight hit I took, got rid of Salah, got rid of Arnie, Dilber and Carney, and brought in Snotty, Hazard, Sterling and Ings for a combined total of 43 points. Nice. On a minus eight hit. Ew! Ew! That is, some, that is some strong transfer. He's, right done some, he's done really well there. He, he, he asked the Slack channel and everyone was telling him, I think everyone was telling him not to do it and he went with his guy, he did it anyway. And yeah, some strong scoring. Top, top man. Very impressive indeed. Love a bit of Brett. Brilliant, sexy force. And that brings us to the end of another FPL surgery podcast. Finally. I want to thank... What do you mean, finally? It's great content. <laughs> it's great content. Good stuff, yeah. It's been a great guest, Ash. Thank you very much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. It's really That's cool. Great. Ash, there's a rumour that there is a, another FPL podcast out there that many listeners could benefit from should they wish to combine the uh, sophistication of FPL stats with the spice of comedy. Where could they do that? Yeah, I think if you wanted to double up, if you were going to go for the double podcast transfer and really improve your life, go to thegaffertapes.com. You can follow us on Twitter at thegaffertapes, he says. Um, also, we've got loads of stuff. We've got um, You can follow us on Twitch, Twitch TV forward slash thegaffertapes. We've got book coming out as well. We've got like an actual proper book deal with a book. publisher and everything. Jeez. Yeah. Nice. Um, I think it's, I don't even know if I can, what I can say about it, but so that's coming out. I'm going to have a massive rant about differentials. I've just realized in it. So. <laughs> are, are, are we in your book? Are we in your book at all? Uh, not yeah. I think oh. maybe they can be, I'll try and give you guys a whole chapter. <laughs> surgery. Do you not think we, we should get in, one? Um, actually, we were in the, um, football where you guys, the third, the, Fantasy Football Scout, they had a book out, didn't they? 
Oh, the wild card one. I think so, yeah. I think we were in that. I've got a little oh, nice. blurb, bit of blurb about me in there. So that'd be quite interesting. But um, Slib. Yeah, we're obviously on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Just search it. And then listen to both pods. It's the dream. <laughs> you can listen to both at the same time. Then you have stats and me laughing my ass off. It's like completely de <laughs> I love it. In the literature as well now. Very impressive. So some great developments over there at Gaffer Tapes, as well as comedy. Uh, and award-winning as well. Do you reckon, uh, is, have you been re-nominated since? Is that going to happen uh, again? No, well, we wouldn't want to. I think when we um, so when we were going there, we so we went to, it was at Old Trafford, the award ceremony. We won um, the Football Blogging Awards Best Podcast. Well, not even Best Fantasy Football Podcast, just Best Football Podcast. Nice. And uh, on the way up on the train, Tom said, oh, should we write an acceptance speech? And I was like, you dickhead. Right, acceptance speech. We're against the fucking, like, The Sun, The Guardian, um, <laughs> loads and loads of really proper podcasts, like professional podcasts. And then uh, we were sat on the table next to the Sun Dream Team podcast. Yeah. And they were all, like, they were giving it, laying it on really thick to, um, there was a, like, YouTube channel there. And they were going, oh, yeah, well, uh, lads, when we win this. And then when they read us out as the winners, I was like, what the actual hell's going on? And we were sat so far back, like table a million. It took us so long to get to the front. Uh, but that was obviously cool. But now I've won an award. That's it. Got your recognition. Quite happy with that now. <laughs> Don't want to get involved anymore. That's Ow. enough. That's enough. <laughs> enough now. Yeah. Okay. Well, support the gaffer tapes. Brilliant lesson. As you can hear, Ash is a, is a, a wonderful contributor to that and uh, well, founder. Yeah. Get involved. Sorry, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. It's a really cool pod. Nice you've been doing it for so long. It's great to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, if you want to find out about uh, the FPL surgery, uh, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. As we mentioned, you can join our mini league, 225-369. Visit our website, fblsurgery.com. You can find us in the usual places like Facebook, SoundCloud, and Reddit. Most of our chatter goes on Twitter at fplsurgery. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember, please rate the podcast. Also, you can email us at, uh, sorry, well, it's info at fplsurgery.com. Please don't spam us. And we don't want insurance. Mm, won't do. And we don't want our, our drives re tarmacking. Viagra? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, send fair, us enough. Send fair, us. fair enough. Fair enough. Send us that, lovely. Um, Iceman. Hi. It's that time in the pod once again, whereas we enter the final week before Christmas week. How do we get through these these tough times as shoppers desperately try and uh, make up for their lack of prep? Uh, don't, don't drink and drive. Sensible. And for all of us here at the FPL Surgery, good luck in your game weeks. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Love it. Huge as. God, Ash, that was that was really enjoyable. <laughs>
sounds so surprised. Well, oh, I can't believe that was. So I can't believe how enjoyable that was. Yeah, you're like dreading it all week. Oh, oh, so like, oh this guy is going to really yeah. take the piss. <laughs> he's going to mock us continuously. He's going to mock my name, the Ice Man. Oh, I forgot. I did call you James a few times. I wasn't sure what the protocol was. I was going to rip it out of you for being Iceman, then I thought I'll, I'll leave it. Uh, but not for the Iceman. Um, no.